Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, it's the start of a new year, the time of new beginnings, and this week's theme is retirement. How are you going to fill those hours, days, months, and years without a formal workplace hours, an office plant or work site to report to? and without a boss telling you what to do, except maybe your spouse. <laughs> also, uh, we're going to concentrate on you men, but ladies, please remain tuned in for the sake of your husband, fiancé, life partner, boyfriend, or dear male friend. And my guest today is going to speak to those of you presently retired, set to retire this year, contemplating within uh, to retire within the next two to five years, or maybe just beginning to think about a future without living AG, uh, or AJ, that means after job, a future living after job. So my fellow gentlemen, how much thought have you given to your golden years? And I'm not talking about financing retirement. We've had several prior programs on that subject, and we'll have several more. On this program, we're going to be talking about positive, energetic, post-retirement activities and lifestyle, remaining an active contributor to the general good and feeling good about yourself and having the time of your life doing so. And we all know that retirement is not what it used to be. For most of us, living far longer, do you realize when the Social Security Act was passed in 1935 with an official retirement age of 65, most men that age already had beaten the odds if they were still alive because back then life expectancy for men was 58. And today a healthy man at 65 can expect to live maybe another 20 or 30 years. And uh, second, the concept of being retired has taken on a whole new meaning and longevity, improved health, and new attitudes are changing the game as baby boomers hit retirement age. They seem to change everything, don't they? Kind of like a... Uh, the python has swallowed something, and there's a big lump <laughs> going through uh, our society. And following her extensive study, my guest today, retirement expert Thelma Reese, uh, is here to explain how and why uh, so many so-called senior men are staging a quiet revolution and taking on new challenges and following their passions at 70 80, heck, well, into their 90s, going back to school, finding new approaches to the same field, remarrying, jumping into group living, climbing mountains, volunteering, even launching a dream career. And, in fact, uh, Thelma Reese has co-authored her brand-new book on the subject, along with uh, it's uh, along with a uh, late co-author. It's titled The New Senior Man, Exploring New Horizons, New Opportunities. And as Thelma puts it, the men she interviewed for her book are forging ahead, speeding up instead of slowing down. And her uh, missing element that she's provided is a guidebook to help map out this new path. Now, please don't get me wrong. Just because other men are speeding up after retirement doesn't mean you have to, but the choice should be yours. 
And uh, Thelma Reese is here today to help us examine and define our post-retirement options. And she's a retired professor of English and education, created the Advisory Council for Hooked on Phonics, and was a spokesperson in the 1990s directed the Mayor's Commission on Literacy for the City of Philadelphia and organized the World Symposium on Family Literacy at UNESCO in Paris in 1994, and she created the blog ElderChicks.com and co-authored with Barbara Fleischer uh, the 2013 book, The New Senior Women, Reinventing the Years Beyond Midlife, and she thought us men were being left out, so she's now written the book for us senior men. And uh, thank you uh, and welcome, Thelma Reese, and uh, I'm certainly glad uh, you and the late Miss uh, Fleischer got around to writing the book for us. Thanks so much, Roy. It's a pleasure to be with you. And we were almost finished when Bobby passed away last year. And, um, in fact, one of the interviews in there is is of a man who wheeled her to her last appointment at the hospital, but she found him so interesting that uh, she put him in the book because he was about to retire. And we found that all over. We found men who were role models uh, for other men and for us uh, because they are using this, what we felt uh, and and I feel is a gift of time. Yeah. Well, as you point out in your book, you women traditionally are better paid to retire than us men are. Why do you think that is? Well, you know, women women have a network. Almost all women have a network of people that they're close to, not just families. Uh, You've seen it. I I know I used to see this with my mother well into her 90s. If she sat on a bus next to somebody, she would say very little, but by the time the ride was over, the person next to her had told her everything about her life, (laughs) and women do that. Yeah, my wife sits next to somebody on a plane, and I'll be on the other side, and She'll always uh-huh. strike up a conversation. <laughs> right. I usually sit in silence and look out the window when I'm <laughs> Exactly. And this is this is how it is with women. Women do that and yeah. uh, we can have a best friend at the end of the ride or even if we never see the person again. Yeah. There's been such a personal connection. Men don't do that. Uh they no, will we talk don't. in fact when we said we were going to write the book, uh people said they'll never talk. Well, as you report, for men more than women, our identity is so firmly tied to what we did and not who we are. That seems to get lost. Any suggestions on how at or nearing retirement we can seek to find answers of who and even why we are instead of just, uh, I used to be such and such or whatever? Right. You know, I used to be, and that is what a lot of men say when they retire. They say it Uh, forlornly sometimes, too, I'm afraid. (laughs) Yeah, because, uh, as you say, uh, which is, I think, what we said, (laughs) that men's identities are so uh, caught up in what it is they do as, as work, and that's wonderful. 
But yeah. often that's also the source of their social life to a great yeah. degree, yeah. other than what their wives plan for them or partners. <laughs> yeah, uh, they get and, roped in on. You know, <laughs> or, or a golf game where yeah. people don't re- – I, I remember my husband being part of a tennis group years oh. ago, and I happened to know that the divorced uh, – husband of a friend of mine, a lifelong friend of mine, was remarrying. And when my husband came home from his game, I said, oh, did you hear that Joe, who was part of the uh, tennis group, is getting (laughs) married again? And my husband said, no. (laughs) When did that happen? (laughs) Because he never brought it up with his tennis partners. Well, he told so you what to who he beat in tennis last week. Information that was supplied obliquely. Yeah, they always say us men like to talk about sports or uh, money or, you know, the job or that kind of thing. Exactly. But we really share personal and, and when we And when we started to write this, we looked around for books about it, and there yeah. weren't any. There were no. books about your financial uh arrangements and what you should do to have a secure future, Uh, even books about improving your golf game or maybe even (laughs) mixing a better martini, but nothing about who you are and maybe some of the challenges that would lie ahead and you might have to meet, like like loss, for instance, which happens to everybody, like how and where you might want to live as you got older, Um, what would bring you joy. It's a different world for men. And also, men of a certain age were taught from the time they were little to man up. (laughs) We wanted to call this book Manning Up to Retirement. (laughs) But the publisher said no because we already had that good book about women and they wanted it to sound like that yeah it sounds good to to have a series like that (laughs) yeah right but um when boys when little boys are taught to man up and hold in their feelings you know don't cry if the ball hits you uh don't let people see that you're vulnerable is what it really means and so a lot of men grow up not able or not thinking it's right to share their concerns, your personal yeah. concerns and feelings. But we found every man in this book was wonderfully open with us. Oh, that's great. Well, your book, The New Senior Man... I think they just man, wanted somebody to listen. Your, your book, <laughs> The New Senior Man, presents surprising ways men are facing up and fighting ageism as we men live longer and longer. First of all, how do you define ageism, and how is the term ageism different from aging? Oh, it's very different. Aging is good. You don't want the alternative, right? <laughs> yeah, Aging means... <laughs> My wife always says here. that when I have a birthday that I'm not excited about. She said, think of the alternative. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Aging is good. Ageism is bad. That's yeah. the first way we <laughs> differentiate. Yeah. And ageism is what you experience the first time you realize that... Um, Suddenly, in some circumstances, you seem to become invisible. Yeah. Or somebody younger is condescending to you. Oh, I see. Or how about rolling their eyes when you say something? 
that always happens in high-tech issues. <laughs> right. They always consider exactly. us dinosaurs if we're over 40. Exactly. <laughs> Someone making you feel as though you're a dinosaur. That's yeah. ageism. Uh, and it can even be uh, it, it can even be a kind of legal ageism that you yeah. experience. And people who are forced to retire yeah. when they don't feel they're ready yeah. um, are experiencing ageism in the workplace. Yeah, 65 is such a uh, silly, arbitrary age for retirement as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Well, I guess some people are ready at 58, but... <laughs> Absolutely, and we know there's a lot of active people at 70 or even 75 and could very well still be working. Yes, there's an interesting man. Well, they're all interesting, but one of the men in the book decided he really wanted to go back to work, and he had so much to offer. Uh, In his, I think he's in his early 70s when he did this. He greatly experienced very, very active, brilliant man, and so he wrote a series of letters on which he did not say his age yeah. uh, to companies that he thought he could contribute to. Yeah. And he just broke down everything that he knew how to do and that he could help them with. And uh, he had answers from just about everybody, and he connected with a really good job, oh, which was great. what he felt he was ready for again. Yeah. Uh, but... Sometimes just putting down the date you were born is enough to exclude you from consideration. Yeah, and I've heard in uh, Silicon Valley you should never list anything more than about 10 years ago that you did, or certainly not. In fact, I was just there in Palo Alto where my daughter lives last weekend, and, of course, it is another world. The thing that shocked me to learn uh, about San Francisco in writing the book was that um, plastic surgery for men has gone up dramatically (laughs) in that area and not really older men because there aren't that many who are trying to work there. (laughs) They've kind of given up there. But um, young men, young men who want to look even younger. When I say young, I mean in their 30s. Yeah, yeah, well, I... I'm about ready for some face left, and I'm older than 30. <laughs> well, there you are. That might be the place to look for somebody experienced in doing that. Well, here's an interesting thing. Those of us who grew up in the 60s and 70s are perhaps probably have the concept of the husband as primary breadwinner working outside the home to pay the bills. How are baby boomer men, those born between 1946 and 1964, helping to redefine the very concept of manhood? Well, that is really an interesting question because we soon realized that older men who are still married to the same spouse they married early, say in their 20s, find that the women they married are not the same women at all. If their wives have gone through the liberation of women and have gone to work and have careers of their own. So it took the two of them adjusting together. Mm. Younger men are accustomed to a two-income family. They're used (laughs) to their wives working. And there's a lot of good in that because it also means shared responsibilities and um, a lot of shared living 
that didn't used to be the case. Yeah, as long as the men who are working outside the home and who now have wives who are working outside the home, they better do their share inside the home. Well, that's <laughs> it, exactly. <laughs> it has to be worked out between, you know, between the two of them. But it is a very different, um, well, I can tell you from my own experience, too, um, when and when my kids were still in school, at junior high, I went to yeah. a, a uh, meeting oh. of the PTA, yeah. and I told uh, uh, I saw friends of mine there, parents of children that my kids played with, yeah. and the wife turned to her husband and said, um, "Guess what? Thelma's going back to school. She's going to get her doctorate." Huh. And he said, "And I've never forgotten this." <laughs> Gee, hon, I'm glad you're not that smart. Now, <laughs> <laughs> a, a bit she condescending. Didn't him in the ankle. <laughs> well, more B, than a few. She yeah. stayed married to him. They're still yeah. married wow. after all these years, but it was an attitude. <laughs> yeah, I've often heard men say, "Well, I decided that my wife should do this and that, like go back to law school, or should yeah. do this." <laughs> well, things are changing, and as we've heard lately, I've been saying about this book, listen, these are the good ones in this book. I want you yeah. to know that most men are really good people yeah. and not predators. Yeah. Well, more <laughs> so than read a few, about the good ones. More than a few times I've heard of long-married couples whose marriages went through rough patches when the husband retired because they have a very different relationship when the hubby was home most of the time. Uh, or he was out of the home most of the time. Now they're home all the time, often oh, yeah. with uh, hands and uh, time on the hands and lack of direction. Any suggestions on the best way to handle the uh, changes retirement brings to marital relationships? I know there's often. Well, you know, the joke patterns. is I, I married him for better or worse, but not for lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rough patch often when the husband is home uh, if he's still staying home and sometimes it takes months or even a couple of years before it's how he's going to live uh, now that he's in this new phase and finds what he wants to do there was a very interesting article in the uh, There's a very interesting article in the December 11th uh, Wall Street Journal that suggests that new retirees need time to grieve. (laughs) And uh, we men missing being part of a group working toward a common goal. And uh, even if we didn't particularly admire the job we were working at, we still feel uh, like we're missing something to not have that teamwork. I thought that was it, it's true. You're kind of unmoored. This is true for women who, who leave positions where yeah. they were very involved with what they were doing, too. But yeah. for men, particularly, having their identity so tied with what they were doing, even if yeah. they didn't love it, yeah. it was still the focus of their lives. And uh, to have this time, it can feel... It is a kind of loss. We talk about that in the chapter on loss. It isn't just, loss doesn't just mean losing a person or a pet or uh, a 
can mean what you do, your position, your title even, that yeah. said something about you that that affected the way people responded to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the difference between he is and he used to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so what you have to do is find out who you really are. Yeah. Yeah, that's and maybe, a good point. as we said, why? Yeah. And, and people who find um, what they really love to do in life it may have nothing to do with what they did, or it may be recapturing something that they thought they might like to do when they were kids even. Yeah. Finding an interest in pursuing it. It's so easy to do that now. Yeah, it didn't used to be. You have yeah, and it's somebody that that seeks out to find that rather than just getting depressed and sitting around with time on their hands and nothing to do with it. Uh, exactly. So you, but it but it's easier now because yeah. even even if you are a little technologically challenged, yeah. you're probably using the internet at this point. <laughs> yeah, like I me. think you're probably using the yeah. internet. And Google is such a wonderful resource. I Boy, mean, that's for sure. I can I can find out about everybody. I can <laughs> learn about anything. I can explore possibilities. Yeah. And men who do this uh, find things that they didn't really realize they'd be so interested in. Yeah. And they can go to senior centers, the, the very thought of which is horrible at first for many people. And I met so many who have found such interesting challenges and openings and possibilities just through joining things. Some people return to roots in, that they had in their religious upbringing, that they yeah. Yeah, spirituality becomes ever they more go back, important, I think. They go that. back for the social life, yeah. <laughs> and they find something more. Hey, my God, there is God there in addition to... Uh, By the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yes, that too. <laughs> well, I met my wife and a young Republicans, even though back then I wasn't particularly Republican or Democratic, but uh, they had great social events. and. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I remember in the 60s, uh, my husband had to go to uh, Asia on business, and he oh. stopped in Berkeley. Oh. And all the uh, all the protests and uh, demonstrations were going on. Yeah, that was a dangerous and, place to be. <laughs> right. And when he came back, he said, you know what it really is for a lot of these kids? Yeah. I said, what? He said, it's a place to meet girls. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> that was what young Republicans was purported to be, right. and I guess I did because I met my wife there. But uh, Well, let's talk a bit about your new book, The Senior Man. Your book is described as a guidebook to help older men map out the path through their golden years. Can you briefly summarize a few of the topics you cover in there? I know there's a well, wealth of them. But... Uh, uh, the, each chapter is really about uh, what's a, what we found were topics of uh, what people really were caring about. For example, the, uh, the paths they were taking, the paths they might take, memory, loss, sex, and, and intimacy, 
as we get older. Yeah. Um, and all of these are concerns of people, but in each case, the people we interviewed speak in their own words. So they all tell you their own what they've learned or what they think about these things. And um, the idea of a role model, which we consider each of these men to be, is not somebody to imitate, but it's somebody who sparks your own imagination. Yeah, and you can never try to imitate what somebody else does. It's it's what you want to do, but uh, it's very inspiring to hear those stories. Exactly, and people can inspire you to uh, do things. For instance, one of the topics that people talked about was legacy, how they feel about it. And in almost every instance, when you bring up the idea of legacy, nobody... Almost no one talks about material wealth to leave. That's interesting. You know, we had a program on legacy just last week, so it's, uh-huh. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Uh huh. It's, it's so much yeah. less important than uh, what you got, the spiritual exactly. hand downs and the, the uh, goals and everything else that uh, you share with and your. And the fact that there are so many people living longer. Yeah. You know, uh, we we make up all of us who are aging, who are above sixty, have such a greater presence in the world, yeah. in the developed world, than we ever had before. Yeah. We have more visibility. People didn't used to see older people very much because they sat at home. They just shipped and them now off they're to out the nursing there. home. Or <laughs> exactly, <at> either at <laughs> either at small age home or large age home. Yeah. <laughs> well, where where should we go best to preview and purchase your new book? Well, you can go to uh, Amazon or to BarnesandNoble.com or ask your uh, favorite bookseller to get the new Senior Man. Yeah. It's published by Roman and Littlefield, oh, but if they say the new senior man and they use my name Thelma Reese they'll find it easily and um, and I hope they really enjoy it and get something out of it and realize that whoever you are you're a role model people people are noticing us now they're noticing older people (laughs) only because of our if only because of our numbers yeah well, where can uh, do you have a website where listeners can contact you? You can or go read? to www.elderchicks, all one word, by dot com. By the way, a man just wrote on Elder Chicks today, so men oh. do come to that site too. <laughs> I like that. I remember the Dixie Chicks. The, now we have the Elder Chicks. <laughs> exactly, and, and, <laughs> and that's been around a little while, and yeah. I love the fact that a man named Mohammed just wrote on that, oh. and he wrote on the topic that um, about equality in the workplace oh, and right. a safe safety in the workplace for women and i was so pleased that a man wrote about it yeah that's great that's what it takes it takes it takes men really working on no newest issue about women in the workplace yeah well and to conclude as selma reese's book demonstrates men contemplating or heading into retirement 
need far more than a solid IRA or 401k to flourish. The money has to be there, but uh, that's not all that's needed for a good retirement. They need practical tips for uh, productively filling the hours, dealing with their new lives, from health care to social media to housing to new expectations by partners and spouses. They need models of men who have redefined themselves for the coming decades, not to imitate, as Thelma points out, but to inspire. Uh, and, and these men have redefined themselves for coming decades, not years, but whole decades, whether it's finding a new identity or improving on what they already have and love. And her book is filled with strategies and inspiring stories. And I would highly recommend anyone, uh, even in their 40s, you know, you don't have to be quite ready for retirement to get a lot out of the new senior man because it's a handbook for remaining productive, happy, and fulfilled. And I can speak from personal experience, having sold my business in 2010 and gotten into uh, this uh, middle-age renewal full-time that uh, it's been the most uh, joyous and uh, the best years of my life, and I'm sure it will for you as well. And I'm sure Thelma would uh, agree with that because she's a retired professor herself and uh, is having a great time, it sounds like. Absolutely. And thank you so much, Thelma Reese, for joining us here today, and uh, best of success in your new book. And uh, sometime we'll have to have you back to talk to the ladies about your 2013 Thank you, Roy. I'd love to. (laughs) To conclude today's program on retirement and new beginnings, here's a question to ask yourself. And I know this program has been primarily about senior men, but this question applies to you ladies as well. The question is, who will I be once I'm retired? Will I still matter? Or if you're already retired, the question becomes, now that I'm retired, who am I? And I trust your answer is not, I used to be, and then fill in the blanks, the former job title or career you uh, once had. Ladies and gentlemen, you are a wonderful, multifaceted creation of God with unlimited potential. You are not now, nor were you ever defined entirely by your job or profession. As a current or soon-to-be retiree, the answer to who I am is as plain as the nose on your face. Look at yourself in the mirror. Underneath those forehead wrinkles, that gray hair or men-only receding hair or no hair and uh, bifocals or reading glasses lie uh, all the finest aspects of you. The same combination of intelligence, talents, skills, sensitivities, and energy you had in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, but refined by 20 to 30 years of adult living experience. And whether you're uh, 56, 63, 67, you are at the peak of your ability uh, to both satisfy yourself and contribute value to others, especially to those folks whom you love and admire. And if upon retirement you experience an identity crisis, not only can you positively redefine yourself and launch a new beginning, but lo and behold, you will surprise yourself with the new improved you. Life after retirement can and will be even better than you anticipated. You needn't be one of those regretful retirees who rapidly lose focus pride of accomplishment, and your former sense of self-worth. In other words, Mr. or Ms. used to be. You don't want to be that person. In order to avoid a heavy dose of post-retirement blues, here's what you need to do. 
approach pending retirement in the same manner that you would plan a radical career transition. Your initial task is to define and target an ideal primary post-retirement avocation, or you can call it your vocation if you want. And one huge advantage over changing jobs, you don't need to worry about the, the salary. Assuming your retirement finances are set, you can undertake a primarily primary daily activity with no concern for earning a living. Isn't that great to have that uh, financial pressure removed? Uh, Begin by asking yourself these questions. What off-postponed lifelong goals might now I strive to accomplish? And how can I continue to serve others but performing only those tasks and functions that I'm really good at, activities that bring me satisfaction that I love to do? And finally, with whom do I wish to spend the bulk of my retirement years, and what adventures can we share that will make both of us happy and fulfilled? And so long as you and your spouse or significant other remain healthy and active, retirement may turn out to be the most rewarding interval of your entire adult lives. Or you may choose... uh, or by necessity, um, I should say you may shoot by choice or necessity, you may need to go it alone, but with good friends of your choosing to share the journey, make sure you uh, remain in contact with others. You have earned and have been granted a permanent respite from the often mundane daily challenges of reporting for work every day, only to be instructed by a boss what your daily activity should entail. Doesn't that get to be a a pain after all these years? Presuming you have adequately prepared your retirement finances, you are in the same enviable position now as a multi-million dollar lottery jackpot winner. So broaden your personal horizons. Accept new challenges simply because your conscience tells you to. Heck, also at times just for the fun of it all. And most importantly, behave like the person you are, an individual who truly can make a positive difference in the lives of others, a person who matters. Pledge to yourself every morning that you will accomplish at least one pet project or lighten the load for at least one other person and have a good time doing so. As a relaxed personable, adventuresome, and fun-loving retiree, you will attract similar positive, like-minded folks to you like a magnet. And I absolutely promise that you will find far more than enough to keep you busy, positively busy, uh, not just busy work, uh, but keep you uh, engaged and uh, alive and tuned into the world and ending each day pleasantly tired but surrounded by the wonderful emotion of accomplishment. And that's a great thing to have, believe me. And for loads of suggestions on planning for your retirement and for facing up to a whole host of uh, midlife transitions, I recommend you preview my book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up, by me, Roy C. Richards, You can find it on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or through my website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com. And that's our program for today. Happy New Year, and now go for it. There's absolutely no reason why this new year can't be your finest year ever. 
at least to date, because next year can be even better than this year. Let's keep on an upward trend. Bye for now from Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 